This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a holiday weekend edition. Uh, happy July 4th weekend to everyone. Hopefully everyone can, can enjoy the time with family, friends, uh, relax in the sunshine, whatever it is you're going to be doing, having some barbecue, having a cookout. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoys the time. Um, we are recording this on Friday afternoon, heading into the weekend because there's been plenty of news to discuss. There is plenty of news to preview in terms of commitments coming up on July 4th. And we also just want to discuss uh, kind of our, our mock class ideas, how we view the class kind of shaping up here uh, in early July. So let's get into it, Gabby. Let's start with, I guess, the newsiest thing uh, that has happened this week, and that is the name, image, and likeness era is here. Uh, college football players, college athletes in general can now make money off of their own name, image, and likenesses, uh, which is a great thing uh, that, that athletes can finally do that. And Miami was ready. Miami was ready as a program. They clearly had their guys educated on, on everything, and specifically De'Eric King, quarterback De'Eric King, was ready. He and Bubba Bolden um, kind of earned the first big money NIL deals out there you know, just after midnight on July 1st, it was kind of announced the College Hunks Hauling Junk Company, who is owned by, I guess, former Hurricane uh, Omar Solomon. Uh, both those guys, Derek and Bubba Bolden, each got $20,000 for their endorsement deal with College Hunks Hauling Junk. So credit to everyone there, I guess, you know, credit to the company. They got a lot of free pub because, uh, they announced how much they were paying those guys and they got a lot of pub out of that credit to Derek and Bubba for earning that money and credit to, you know, Miami for having those guys ready to, to make that money and kind of being the first school out there to kind of say, Hey, we can deliver, um, you know, five figure deals to our top stars. So Gabby, I guess when you saw that, uh, you know, those two guys were each going to make 20K off of college hunks hauling junk. What was your reaction? Man, honestly, my reaction is just like Miami's really going to do this. Like, you know, Miami's really going to be at like, you know, the forefront of this name, image and likeness legislation. And, you know, just like this movement. And I think they see the opportunity and it's clear that they plan on capitalizing on it and, you know, really, truly utilizing it like. I feel like you hear a lot of people talking about it but i feel like miami right. sort of like put their money where their mouth is and you know and just showed that like if you come down here you are gonna have an opportunity to make again like up to five figures like twenty thousand dollars is is a big yes. deal you know for a college kid that 
again, you consider everything that they are already getting in terms of free, basically free room and board, the scholarship money, you know, the clothes, the meals and all that stuff. I mean, that's money for them, you know, like that's, that's, that's not money to like pay like their college bills or anything like that. So that's very, very, I mean, solid money for a kid just kind of going through college and stuff. So, you know, I think it's a big deal and I really think it's just the beginning, but I mean, I, I thought it was huge for the university, for the brand. It seemed like Miami across the college football landscape was just in all the headlines with the King, Bubba Bolden, and then even the Sports Illustrated cover. I was like, you know, Miami could really, really be at the, just at the complete forefront of this. Yeah. So again, congrats to Dierick and Bubba on those deals. I think it's worth mentioning too. I think uh, the first 24 hours, it was kind of announced. Dierick, I guess, had five deals in yeah. total. So college hunks, right? Um, the Wharf, which is a, it's a bar on, on the Miami River. Is that correct? Or, yeah. or okay. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a bar on the river. So that's, that's a nice little endorsement there for Dierick. Uh, Murphy Auto Group. Um, Dreamfield, who I think is kind of a, a go-between in some ways between uh, Dierick and other companies out there. But I also think Dreamfield's going to have an NFT, a Dierick King NFT for sale later this uh, this month of July. I believe those are going for $2,000 each. Um, and then he's going to start a podcast with Ryan Ragoni, the former walk-on who I believe is, is on scholarship now. So, um, you know, a lot of revenue streams there for Dierick. Uh, we only know at this stage what the college hunks hauling junk uh, is worth, which is $20,000. But, you know, you would think piecing all those things together and, and even, uh, and I guess too, it's worth mentioning that Dierick has his own merch store, right? So he's, oh, yeah. he's got his own logo and he's selling it on t-shirts, hats, et cetera selling his autograph as well. Um, so, you know, but be, between all these things, you know, maybe potentially Derek can piece together. I don't know if he can reach that six figure mark, but I think he can get really close at the very least. So congrats to him for being ready, being organized. Uh, that is Derek King in a nutshell. The guy's always prepared. Uh, he's a stud. So congrats to him for being ready. Other merch stores. I think we, we saw Gabby, Cameron Harris launched launched a website that's going to sell some merch he's creating. I think Al Blades Jr. is going to have one ready if it's not already up. And, and we got a little preview of what I think one of his shirts that he's going to sell looks like at Paradise Camp. Pretty sharp shirt that I think the UM fan base will love. Um, I saw Mark Mike Harley, uh, I guess, signed a deal with a water company. Yeah. So, so good for him on that. Did you notice any others? Any other deals that I'm missing here, Gabby, or was that pretty much what I saw on Instagram is this brand is called like cool bathing suits with Derek that the King, uh, I I believe Derek King and Al blades are a part of it. It's called, yeah, cool, cool, cool bathing suits. And it's a Miami bathing suit, I guess like men's bathing suit brand. So, okay. I know they've already promoted Al blades and they've promoted the King. So cool. uh, I think that's something else there. I've seen some other guys too say, Hey, and I'm, I'm old and washed up, so I don't know exactly what this kind of stuff is anymore. But essentially like, hey, follow me to, you know, play video games with yeah, me or something like that. Yeah, so basically it's like, a, it's basically, I guess, like you follow them and then I guess you, you could pay to play video games with them or whatever it is. I, I know a Notre Dame guy, like a Notre Dame football player started up last year. 
And uh, I guess now, like with the whole NIL, it's just taken off. Like I think he said, yeah. I think they have like over 10,000 athletes. And, cool. you know, there's, there's a business that started a year and a half ago by a college football player. So definitely really cool stuff all around. Yeah. So a lot of creativity uh, going to be here in terms of ways to make money. Again, uh, congrats to all the guys who are able to take advantage of it. So, Gabby, I think, I think you know, the, the thing Miami fans will want us to discuss uh, surrounding this name, image, and likeness stuff is what does it mean for Miami, right? And, and I think it's, it's probably too soon to say. I mean, Miami definitely got off to a fast start, right, which is good. Um, but overall, what do you think this will mean for Miami in terms of attracting maybe high school talent or transfers? And also on the back end, you know, keeping those draft eligible third year players, you know, maybe they might, might be more willing to stick around for another year if they can make some money at UM. What do you think it all means? Yeah, honestly, where I see it sort of paying off, like, you know, is just I could see that that those third year players that are like, you know what, like I could really use the money. But like, I feel like I'm maybe good enough to get drafted in the fifth, sixth round or I can come back to school and be one of the most marketable players at the University of Miami. And I feel like once you start sort of weighing that out, I think Miami's going to have a lot less trouble of sort of losing guys early to the draft. But then, of course, I also think with a, you know, again, I don't think everyone's going to make money. Not everyone's going to make a ton of money. So I feel like for recruiting, I feel like it's going to help maybe in a limited capacity, maybe with like the high, high level guys uh, that can maybe be promoted right off the bat or just like, you know, that can kind of have these deals set up right off the bat. So I think maybe with like, let's say a, a five-star talent, say a Shamar Stewart, I think this is something that, you know, could be, you know, very enticing and stuff like that. So down the line, because again, as a true freshman, not sure how many people are going to be running to, you know, pay him, let's say a 20, give him a $20,000 contract or anything like that. But down the line, you could see, hey, like my, so- like I have a big freshman year, even starting my sophomore junior going into like potentially your senior year you can make some serious like you, you can make some like legitimate money so i, it's, right. I think it's going to be i think it's going to be most helpful in terms of like the guys that miami generally loses early but i could see it being a factor in recruiting and being and it, it attracting maybe some more top players where they're like hey i could really go down there and right. make a lot of money especially if you're a quarterback because you're seeing what the king's yes. making and again, he's a five foot nine, you know, a guy that's probably not going to play a lot of quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, maybe one of these more prototype quarterbacks, you know, that eventually find themselves in the starting position at Miami could be like, you know, I could probably make a lot of money down there. Yes. A million percent. You, you touched on basically all the things I wanted to talk about. Right. So I think you're right on, on the NFL draft front. And really we're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, right? Yeah. I think fourth and above, you probably need to go. Um, but yeah, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, they now have a decision to make in terms of, okay. And, and honestly, it comes down to like how much work do they want to put in, in terms of making money via NIL, right? Cause it is work. I mean, it's oh, not absolutely. just like free money. Yeah, Whereas at the pros you get your, you know, your contract is playing football. So are they willing to put in the work for NIL if they are? Uh, you know, maybe they stick it out one more year at UM, which of course would be a good thing for the Hurricanes. In terms of recruiting, I agree, Gabby. Like, I don't think it necessarily is going to drastically change the landscape of talent acquisition at the high school level. Like, I think Alabama is still going to be a significant power. Ohio State, Georgia, all those schools are still going to be getting their guys. 
but I do think in some ways it's going to level the playing field a little more, right? So I think those teams are still going to land more five stars, more four stars than everyone else. But I do think it's going to be dispersed a little better now because, you know, I, I know specifically in Miami's case, right? A lot of players in South Florida don't necessarily want to leave South Florida if all things are equal, right? So if, if Miami can put together a package for a five-star player that would look similar to what he could get at Alabama, and, you know, he, he believes in the coaching staff and all that other stuff, yeah. the chances are he's going to stay home and go to Miami. Um, and also, too, you could make the case where, yeah, Miami's probably in, in some cases not going to win many bidding wars against these elite, elite uh, programs. But, um, you know, you, you could counter with, okay, would you rather make, if Miami can at least be competitive, would you rather make competitive money in Miami and, and have the ability to live a quality of life in Miami? Or would you rather have that competitive money in a small college town and, and have that quality of life there? So, you know, I, again, I do think it will disperse the talent. You know, I think of a guy like Tyreek Stevenson who, you know, ended up at UM anyways via the transfer portal. But I think if this type of NIL stuff was in place uh, back then when he was a recruit, I'm not sure he ever would have left, you know, guys like that. I think Miami might be able to convince, you know, three to five guys per year because of this NIL stuff that they would have lost in previous years. And over four recruiting cycles, those three to five guys add up, you know, right. that's 12 to what, 15. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> uh, that's nine to 12, I guess, players on your football roster over a four year period. So, um, and again, you, you touch on it too, quarterback talent, same idea, right? I think it will disperse the quarterback talent because the quarterbacks of these programs are the ones that are going to be getting the good NIL deals. And so you could make an argument to these guys, Hey, why would you go be, you know, even though Alabama does a tremendous job of stacking talent at quarterback and those guys are successful, would you rather go there, wait your turn for three years? And then, you know, if, I mean, Alabama is going to be good, no doubt about it, but you'll have to wait your turn for three years, or you could come here, uh, maybe wait one year, and then it's your, your, your turn at Miami to be the starter and a ton of NIL money will be on the table for you if you can produce. So I agree. I think all this stuff just kind of levels the playing field a little bit more. I'm not sure it's going to change anything, but I do think for a program like Miami, it's a bigger positive than other places. And so it is good to see that Miami's ready to take advantage of it. Um, anything else to touch on with NIL before we move on? No, I think that, I think we hit it there. Okay. I think we hit it there. So there are July 4th commitments scheduled. And as far as we know right now, uh, taping Friday afternoon, uh, Miami has three guys set to make their announcements on July 4th at some point. Uh, so let's just roll through them. Right. Um, and I'll let you kind of take the lead here, Gabby. Let's start with four-star defensive lineman Zane Durant out of Orlando Lake Nona High School. Tell us what we need to know there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this, I mean, Zane Durant's a guy that definitely shot up the board a little bit, you know, just, I think he, he visited very early in the month, I believe it was June 1st to the 2nd that he worked out for Miami. And, you know, from that point on, basically the Hurricanes were all in on him in terms of just how they feel like he kind of fits what, you know, Jess Simpson wants in his defensive lineman, a twitchy guy, uh, might be a little bit undersized, but uh, I think, I know he's a big time talent. Uh, he's going to choose between Miami Penn State and Indiana, I believe, and uh, just got a message from him saying that it's gonna get it's gonna get going at one o'clock. So you know, okay. just a bit afternoon on you know Sunday, which is the fourth of July, um, we should be getting the word from Zane Duran on where he's going. Um, you know, I think Miami's gonna get good news there. Uh, again, just an, another blue chipper on the defensive line. Do you and, have uh, your crystal ball on Miami there? I do. Yeah, my okay. crystal balls on my crystal balls on Miami. Uh, I know a few others have put it into i think andrew got it got it rolling david did you put one in i think yeah i think i followed you guys yeah because i know anything i just followed you guys (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so yeah man i think that should be i think that should be good for miami i know indiana is really in there like you know that's a school that's probably been on him the longest uh, officially visited there and officially visited uh penn state too so uh we'll see what happens but i think uh you know miami's sitting in a pretty good spot heading into that one okay so that's one of the three Let's talk about next, another guy to the Orlando area, three-star offensive lineman out of Orlando Boone High School, Leighton Nelson. What do we need to know there? Yeah, Leighton Nelson, another guy that officially visited Miami, uh, you know, a guy that Garen Justice has been in contact with for, for a while now. Um, I believe the hats on the table are going to be Miami, Utah, UCF, Louisville, and Duke. Um, you know, I know right after Miami, he went and took a visit to Utah. So he has been out there. I know they're considered, you know, one of the contenders. I think like sort of like the kicker here is what school might, you know, bring on like, you know, his younger, his, I'm not, not his younger brother, his twin brother, uh, mm-hmm. definitely not 6'4", does not really look like Layton. But, uh, you know, I know that if a school does decide to hey, just maybe bring him in as a preferred walk-on, uh, that could definitely be a plus. I think the school probably most likely to do that might be UCF just because again, an Orlando guy, an in-state, an in-state public school from a tuition standpoint, like, you know, probably wouldn't cost, you know, mom, dad, a lot of money, especially them being close to home and all that stuff and not really having to pay for Layton. So uh, I could see UCF being an intriguing option there and, you know, him potentially picking the Knights. Uh, the, I think Utah is uh, probably the dark horse in this one. And then I know Miami's in there too, but, I'm not sure Miami's willing to take the brother. So I'm not sure if that really affects how things sort of sit, stand there. Okay. And, and Miami, he's certainly a take for Miami. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like he is a good fit for like, is there, is it a good fit in your opinion, Miami and Leighton Nelson? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he, he's just a, uh, you know, I think he's a, again, six, four guy, I think like two seventy five, two eighty five around there. Uh, you know, big body, uh, you know, I think, I mean, he's probably more of a developmental guy. You know, I don't think he's like a, a plug and play type of dude. Uh, you know, he doesn't have maybe the size that some, maybe some of the other offensive line targets have. Like, let's just say like comparing him to like a Jacob Hood or a Philanthia right. Carswell or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I think, I know he's a guy, again, that Garen Justice has sort of been working on for a while. And, you know, I, I, I they would definitely take his commitment, I think, if uh, right. if he picked them on, on Sunday. So we'll see. Uh, I think Miami... I wouldn't expect Leighton to pick Miami, which might surprise people when you look at the uh, the the other hats on the table. 
but like I, I'm kind of insinuating a fit from Leighton's perspective and you kind of hinted at it too with the twin brother. So we'll see uh, what Leighton decides to do. Uh, let's go to the third guy, four-star American heritage plantation cornerback, Jacoby spells. Um, tell us what we need to know there, Gabby. Yeah. You know, this, this is an interesting recruitment, man. Uh, there's, there's no real way around that. Uh, you know, my, Miami again, he, I mean, I feel like he says a lot of the right things about Miami. You know, I feel like he knows he can be developed here under Devar- DeMarcus Van Dyke, Travis Robinson. Uh, you know, he just, he w- took an official visit to Indiana uh, he's really cool with Travell Mullen, the youngest of the Mullen brothers. Uh, you know, they, they go back, I guess, to like Pop Warner, Little League football. And so I know Indiana is enticing there. And then, you know, the 24-7 crystal ball favorite is, is West Virginia. And, you know, it seems like, you know, that's, it's very possible that he lands with the Mountaineers. Um, so, you know, it, I, I, I'm not sure Miami is going to be the pick. I'm not feeling very good about Miami being the pick. I think things are probably trending towards – you know, maybe West Virginia at this point. Again, I know he really likes Indiana. Um, I, I just think it's one of those weird situations that's kind of tough to explain. But, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately Miami's done what they've had to do in this recruitment. I think uh, he's just a kid that wants maybe to see something different. But uh, I think right. one thing I would tell Miami fans is, you know, I spoke with him. He told me that even after he commits, he's planning on, you know, kind of keeping that line of communication open between himself and you know, some other college coaches and other college staffs and stuff and probably make a final decision in December. So, um, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll see how the season goes. Let's say the school he picks doesn't have a very strong year. You know, I think there's a way that, you know, maybe Miami can come back around and, you know, eventually snag him up if, 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 if it sort of worked out and that's in that way. But I, I don't think this recruitment's over regardless, but um, I'm, I'm expecting he picks someone other than Miami on Sunday. And Miami would absolutely want him in this class, yeah. right? Because I know there's a lot of message board takes that Miami's not interested and all that stuff. That is not the case, right? No, it's not. Uh, Miami, again, I, I know DeMarcus Van Dyke has, you know, texted him just this week. Like, that's what right. Spells told me the other day. Like, you know, he's still trying to, you know, sell him on the fact that Miami is a place that he can come and be successful. Uh, you know, I, well, I will say Miami does have a plan at cornerback if Jacoby Spells doesn't pick Miami, but that doesn't mean that they don't want him. I just think that means that they're prepared for any situation really that kind of gets thrown their way. And I think it's a positive that they have quality options if, you know, a guy like Jacoby Spells didn't pick them. So uh, I feel like people kind of misinterpret the fact that there is other guys on the board that Miami would be happy with as Miami not wanting Jacoby Spells. And that's just not the case. So before we take a break here, what do we make of Miami going one of three potentially on these guys on Sunday? Uh, are, is it concerning to you or do you feel good about kind of, you know, let's assume Miami lands Zane Durant doesn't land the other two. Do you feel good about Miami's offensive line board slash cornerback board moving forward? Even, you know, even if Miami doesn't land these, you know, Leighton Nelson and Jacoby spells. Yeah, no, I mean, I would still feel good about the offensive line board. Like, I know that there's a – I know Garen Justice has brought in a lot of quality linemen to officially visit. Again, like a couple guys I mentioned earlier, the Valentia Carswell, uh, Jacob Hood. Uh, you got Daughtry Richardson. You got – who else? Who else we got in there? We got, I mean, Julian Armella is a guy that they're not going to – they're not going to slow down on. You know, they know that that's a recruitment that could potentially go the distance. And, you know, I know that they feel good about, you know, where they could ultimately stand at the end of this if, you know, certain things fall their way. 
So I, I know that they do have a plan at, at offensive line. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still feeling okay with about that if Leighton Nelson doesn't pick them. Um, corner, I, I feel like I feel the same way. You know, Chris yeah. Graves announces on, on June 9th. Uh, I think Miami can get good news there. Again, that's a, a young kid. I think he's still 16 years old, and it's a summer heading into his senior year. So I think that says a lot about, you know, where he sort of projects, you know, down the road. Uh, I think he, I think Miami will get good news from him. Uh, and then a couple other targets just throughout the month. I think Miami, uh, I think Miami will find themselves in a pretty good spot regardless of, right. of what happens on Sunday. And we will go more in depth on that after this break, as Gabby and I kind of share our thoughts, kind of a consensus mock class, I guess, between the two of us, we'll break it down. So uh, stay tuned after the break. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. Uh, Gabby, let's just jump into it. I think no reason to waste time on position like quarterback and running back quarterback Miami's got their guy four-star dual threat quarterback Jakari Jakari Brown out of Valdosta Lounge High School currently competing at the Elite 11 slash opening so uh, we'll get a full recap on that uh, probably after those events take place running back probably not going to take a running back this cycle you never know I guess but uh, you know they let they signed or they added uh, Cody Brown late in the 2021 cycle after he was released from his Tennessee letter of intent. So uh, that position for now is going to be open. So let's start at wide receiver. Um, how are you shaping? How do you view the wide receiver position shaping up in terms of a mock class right now? Cause I think I, the way I view it, Gabby, I, I view it as two guys. I could see, in this class, but I think best case scenario, it's three. Do you agree? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I could see again, best case scenario is three. I know three is the magic number. Um, you know, that's sort of what they'd like to get to. And, uh, you know, right now it's, we got, we got Landon Idieta, you know, the three-star receiver out of Mandeville, Louisiana on the boat. Um, in, in my mock class, you know, I threw Jaden Gibson in there, you know, the six foot six, 185 pounder out of the Orlando area. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is Miami's top guy. You know, I, I, I believe potentially on offense, you know, of, of the re- in terms of like the realistic okay. targets. Uh, you know, I feel like Jaden Gibson is the guy just because, you know, Miami doesn't have anything, anybody on the roster that looks the way Jaden Gibson looks. So I think he just brings something so different and something that they value so much that, you know, I think Jaden Gibson is a guy that, you know, is, is really, really high up there in terms of just like who they want. Um, and, you know, that, that's why, I mean, I put him in my mock. And, not, again, I know Florida is the crystal ball leader there. 
Uh, and there's, you know, there's reason to feel that way, of course. But I, I think behind the scenes, Miami feels like they're in a better position than, you know, some may think. And uh, so that's why I'm kind of just like keeping his name sort of floating around there because I think Miami feels like they're, they're in a pretty good spot there. I, I mean, Ja'Curry Brown was, was asked at the Elite 11 by Andrew Ivins, like, who's the guy, who are the guys you want? The first name he mentions is Jaden Gibson. Like, this is a guy that they're all in on. And so, you know, Jaden Gibson is definitely a name to know at wide receiver and probably throw Isaiah Horton in there too, you know, the six foot three, 190 pounder out of Tennessee. Uh, not sure when he's going to make a decision had kind of teased the July 4th decision. I think that's since been just sort of, you know, erased and pushed back. I guess one could come in July and uh, you know, Miami, Tennessee uh, are in there. He also likes Alabama and Florida, but I think if you're, if we're being, you know, if you're just kind of like reading the tea leaves, it seems like Miami and Tennessee are probably the two guys out front there. So that's, that would probably be like the ideal receiver class for, for right. Miami. those three. If I said, do you, you, you got to pick one. Who do you feel better about Miami landing right now, Horton or Gibson? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I probably, I mean, just in terms of just maybe a decision coming sooner, maybe, maybe Horton. Mm-hmm. Um, Gibson, I feel like he, this recruitment might drag on a little bit longer. So I feel like there's more room for twists and turns. With Isaiah Horton, it kind of feels like Miami and Tennessee are the two. And if he does decide to make a decision in July, I feel like Miami would be, you know, really in there, uh, potentially pick up the commitment. Again, I feel like some people in his camp maybe want him to stay closer to home from what I understand. But uh, I feel like Miami is in, a, is in a good spot there too. So right now I would probably go Isaiah Horton. Okay. Let's go to tight end. Um, Gabby, I don't know. I, I – to me, it's like t- to be determined, but they yeah. are chasing guys like Jaleel Skinner, uh, number one tight end in the country, uh, Caden Helms, right, from Nebraska. Uh, but I would probably, as things stand now, I would say, I don't know if long shot's the right phrase, but, you know, got some work to do. Uh, if I'm going to put them in a mock class, what, how, what's your sense on the tight end position right now? Yeah, it's just kind of like blurry, right? Like, it's just like, I'm not 100% sure what to even make of it. Um, like, with the, the two guys you mentioned are, are at the top, you know, Caden Helms, uh, Jaleel Skinner. Those, those are the two, the two guys. Jaleel Skinner probably being, you know, the top guy as like the number one tight end in the country, a guy who just officially visited. Uh, Caden Helms is very much in there too, but, you know, Oklahoma, North Carolina – um, you know, Arizona state, I believe are involved as well. So, you know, I feel like Miami's kind of fighting is kind of just like on an uphill battle right there. Uh, same with Jaleel Skinner with again, you know, Alabama in the mix, um, right. Clemson, Florida, Florida state others. So uh, it, it just feels like beyond those two, I, there's not a clear picture of what the tight end board looks like right now. And uh, it, it is a bit, it is a bit concerning, but uh, you have to feel you have to be feeling really good right now that Miami signed Elijah Royal last cycle because uh, right. it seems like he's a guy that could potentially is just kind of being molded into the future of the position for now and potentially years to come. Right. So to be determined. But again, Miami's taking some swings with some talented guys and, and we'll see how it shakes out. Offensive line. Uh, tell us who you projected in your mock class again. Yeah. So I put in Felinthia Carswell, who I've mentioned a few times. Uh, a Malik Agba, who's a name that just slipped my mind, I guess, when we were talking offensive linemen. And then uh, Jacob Hood, again, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think that'd be a really strong class. Uh, I'm a big Malik Ogbo guy. Uh, definitely, I'm definitely a big Jacob Hood guy after getting eyes on him this weekend. Just a massive, massive body. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that would be a really, really good class for Miami. Not, yes. It wouldn't be after signing three South Florida guys last cycle. They would it, neither one are coming from the Sunshine State. So that right. would definitely be definitely be, be an interesting twist in uh, Miami's offensive line recruiting. But I think it'd be a really strong class. And those three guys you projected all have tremendous size and length, yeah. Uh, which is something Miami's trying to get back to on the offensive line. I'll just say like how I view offensive line, the offensive line board right now, Gabby, this is just my opinion. Like I think Valentia Carswell, probably the safest bet to end up in this class as things stand right now. So, uh, you know, for this exercise, let's just assume he's in the class. I kind of, uh, view uh, the rest of the board in tiers, I guess you would say. I kind of think Miami can land one of the out-of-state guys you were talking about. I don't know which one, whether that's Jacob Hood, Malik Agbo, Andrew Chambly. Uh, you know, maybe one of those guys Miami's able to land. And then I think they can land one of these in-state guys they're targeting. And, and I don't know who it's going to be. And I don't necessarily think, uh, you know, I think some of these guys are going to make summer commitments, but I don't know if they, they will hold to those commitments at the end of the season. So I'm talking about Julian Armella, who is a close to being a top 100 four-star offensive lineman. Uh, you know, that's a Florida state LSU Miami battle. It looks like right now, uh, Daughtry Richardson, Miami Central, that's a Miami-Florida State battle. Looks like he's probably going to pick Florida State at the end of July. But again, I don't know if that's going to stick. We'll see. And then Leighton Nelson, who we discussed earlier in the podcast, he's going to make his commitment. Uh, you know, if Miami does keep fighting for him and, and Miami has a good season, does that commitment stick? I don't know. So I think, just my opinion, I think one of those in-state guys I could see end up in this class would you push back on that no no i wouldn't um you know i i could easily see that 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 happening the way you sort of mentioned it i i could see one of those two such the in-state guys picking miami you know like i think that that's right. i don't think that's completely off the table either like just straight up picking miami like i think you know i think miami's done a good job with Daughtry richardson over the last few months and yeah again florida state is probably the leader but you know i think miami's given him a lot to think about as well so uh, wouldn't be even be super shocked if, if that were to happen. But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised one bit to see either one of those guys in the class. So let's go to defensive end. Um, tell us who you had in your latest mock class. Yeah, I, I had Miami landing big, just like just two home runs in uh, sure. Shamar, five-star Shamar Stewart and the top 247 defensive lineman, Nigel Kelly out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. So that would just be like out of the park, grand yes. slam, like you're headed to the World Series type of like type of move for Miami. Yes. And I think it is possible. You know, I think Shamar right now, he's, you know, Miami's kind of the team to beat there. Miami still has work to do with Nigel League, but I think my they are in a very good spot with him. Um, I think it's worth mentioning too, right? Marvin Jones Jr., Miami's going to stay you know, recruiting him, uh, until that's over, that's a done deal. Anthony Lucas. I know he views himself more as an edge guy, more of a, more as a defensive end. 
I would project him to keep growing into an interior guy, but I think it's worth including Anthony Lucas, maybe just as a defensive lineman, right? Um, he's an, he's a four-star out of Arizona whose father went to UM. So there is a connection there. And then I, I think, you know, I don't know if it worst case scenario is the best way to phrase it, but Dante Anderson out of Homestead, who I believe is a four-star edge guy. He's a local guy that, that Miami can always recruit as well. If, if kind of those, those other guys on the board don't fall to Miami. Um, is that fair to say? I mean, I agree with, with your projection, but it's worth noting they are chasing other highly touted edge guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was super. I thought I think I think it was really notable that Marvin Jones Jr. worked out at Paradise. Yeah, like I, I don't think that's something to just sort of like gloss over. Like, you know, he, he, there was no reason that he had to do that. You know, like he, every, everyone at Miami knows what he can do. He's proven what he can do on tape. Last year as a junior, uh, was just an absolute monster. Like he didn't have to work out for Jess Simpson, and you know, all indications have kind of been like, oh, he's trending elsewhere. But to, for for him to come down you know, do the whole unofficial visit thing, you know, take the photos and then strap on the cleats and, you know, work out for them. I, I think that's a pretty big deal. I think that's, I think that shows some legitimate interest because I don't think you just do that for any staff. So I think the fact that he did that shows that, you know, he might be enticed by, you know, what Miami has been able to really do at defensive ends, which is clear, you know, with yeah. Jalen Phillips, Greg Russo, and then just sort of like the style of defense that Miami yes. runs, I know is something that, you know, so I know that's something that he's, that's intriguing to him. So, right. you know, I think down the line, you know, I think he could be a player, you know, to it, just with Miami as well. And this is a position group, honestly, uh, you know, the, the success of Miami recruiting this particular position group will depend a lot on the success of a season, right? So let's say Miami does go 11 and one, which to me is the best case scenario for this, this Miami team this year. You know, I think it's Miami's going to be in the mix for, you know, I think Shamar Stewart, that's, I view him as look, Miami's looking very good there. But then I think like you, you said in your mock class, like I think Miami would be in a very good spot to land a Nigel Lee Kelly. I think it would be hard for Marvin Jones Jr. to uh, ignore an 11 and one type of year, even an Anthony Lucas out in Arizona. So, uh, you know, Miami's put them in a, themselves in a position to, uh, land some of these premier defensive ends. And if they have a strong season, I think they can pull it off. So let's go to defensive tackle. Tell us who you had in your mock class there. Yeah. So at defensive tackle, I had Zane Durant, who's uh, again, right. making that, that July 4th decision. Um, and then I had uh, Daniel Lyons out of Homestead. And so th those are the two guys that I was so sort of rolling with. I feel good about Durant at this point. Lions, uh, you know, I know, again, he's a guy Miami's been on for a long time. I right. believe he met Jess Simpson for the first time his freshman year at Southbridge when he was teammates with Leonard Taylor. And, uh, you know, he was at Paradise this past Saturday, hanging out basically with, with LT the whole time and Dante Anderson. And I know he has a lot of respect for Jess Simpson. I think the only thing about this that would make it interesting is if he plans to – this would – in this mock, in this simulation, I guess – uh, Daniel Lyons and Dante Anderson would be separating. I'm not right. sure if that's, I know they say a lot of these package deals like are package deals until they're not. I think this one, this could be one that might actually truly be a package deal. And if that is the case, um, I'm not sure again, because if right. let's say Miami does have a, the season that they expect to have, 
I'm not sure Dante Anderson's going to be the guy for them. Like, I think they're going to feel like they can, you know, go get a Marvin Jones Jr. and Anthony Lucas or, you know, a Nigel E. Kelly and a Shamar Stewart. Like, you know, so I think it would be tough. So that would be my only reservation with Daniel Lyons in the class. Who would you say, so if we're talking both those guys, is Florida State the top competition for both those guys? For, for Anderson and Lyons, you mean? Right. Yeah, I would say so. Because um, yeah. I'm not convinced Anderson's a take at FSU either. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think, you know, I think Anderson likes FSU the most, but I'm not sure FSU would take him right now either. Now that might change down the road. Um, but I think beyond Miami, right? I think this might be something those two have to figure out no matter what, right? So if it is something that has to be figured out, that, that could push Lions to Miami. Uh, if Florida State says, yeah, we'll take Dante Anderson and Daniel Lyons, then I could see them both ending up at Florida State. You disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. And I think I know for Florida State, like Daniel Lyons is really the prize. And, you know, a program that in, in just in the situation that they're at, I could just see them just taking Dante and, right. and taking Dante to get Daniel. You know, and just like, you know, he's not a, he's not a, like, he's not just like, wow, like, I can't believe they're taking this kid. You know, he's, he, at one point this cycle, he was like a top 75 player in the class. You know, he has slid and stuff and, and, you know, probably for good reason. But, uh, you know, I, I could see that staff deciding, like, hey, we are going to take Dante and we'll kind of see what happens because we know that that'll get us Daniel. So I think that, I think that's definitely something to watch just throughout this, the rest of the cycle. Are there other, like, let's say Daniel doesn't end up in Miami. Who would, like, because I, I think then, you know, I mean, five-star Bear Alexander visited, but I think yeah. that's looking like Texas A&M, correct, right yeah, now? Yeah, definitely. And then we touched on Anthony Lucas, who, you know, again, sees himself as an edge guy, but body type, if you're projecting it, probably an interior guy. Is there anyone I'm missing at D-tackle? Would they have to expand the board maybe? I think Alton Tarber is another guy you can throw in okay. there uh, out of Deerfield Beach, you know, probably more of like a one tech type of guy, you know, just right. a bigger Alan Hay sort of build. Uh, definitely, I think a little bit more athletic just from what I've seen. Like, I know he's cut out a lot of bad weight that he's had. He's, he looks, he doesn't look too bad right now. Um, and definitely showed some, some motor in his spring game against Stranahan. So I think that would probably be another name to watch. Um, and then, yeah, maybe they, after that, they expand the board, I would say Jordan Phillips, but you know, he just committed to Tennessee, um, you know, a couple other guys that, you know, maybe they can just get in and, you know, just start, start working out and stuff like that. Linebacker. Um, to me, it's, it's like three guys definitely, and, uh, we'll see if they can close. I think if they can get two of those three, that's still a tremendous class. I'd be good with it, but who are the three guys? Yeah, the three guys are, are Wesley Besaint, uh, you know, four-star out of Miami Central, Demario Tolan, a four-star out of Orlando, Dr. Phillips, and then Devin Jackson, who's out of another guy out of that Omaha, Nebraska area. Uh, those, are, those are absolutely the three dudes at linebacker. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think Miami – I think it would be great to get at least two of those guys, but I think getting one is an absolute must. Sure. Fair. And if you were going to say I feel best about this one, it would be – Man, that stuff. I, I'm not sure I feel like 100% great about either one. I mean, just in terms of, again, just a decision, um, I, I think you have to go to Mario Tolan. Uh, you know, okay. he's making a decision on July 8th. Uh, Miami's very, very much in the mix. 
Um, so, you know, again, just coming off an official visit where he was able to talk with, you know, uh, the John Beeson's, Calais Campbell's, all those types of guys. And, you know, everything coming out of that trip was that, you know, everything re- went really well. Uh, LSU is, you know, in there too. Clemson, again, also. But I think he's like a top of the board type of guy for Miami. I'm not sold that he's the top of the board type of guy for Clemson. So, you know, I want to see what happens with LSU also, just to the fact that they might face some sort of backlash from the NCAA. Um, right. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Tolan, but I would probably lean that way right now. And Jackson, who against from Nebraska, he might, he might be committing at some point late July. We'll see nothing official yet. And then Wesley Besaint out of Miami Central, he's probably going to take it the distance, right? December or so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what he's kind of making it seem like, you know, he's going to just wait it out and see what happens. Uh, You know, he's already used three of his official visits. So I think it's pretty interesting that he's kind of made that decision to sort of just like push this thing all the way to the end. Um, But I mean, I guess it's just how it's going to roll. I think that kind of helps Miami in terms of just accessibility and just him kind of being able to just pop in whenever, you know, whether that be for, for, you know, you know, fall camp uh, for a game at hard rock, uh, and just at any other point, just because him being a local guy. So, you know, I think Miami will probably get him on campus and around the program more than any other school. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, I know, again, Florida State, Florida, Auburn, are a couple other schools involved, Penn State, West Virginia. So uh, we'll, this is just going to be one that we kind of have to write out. Let me ask you this, too. Uh, Jackson, I don't know if they're from the same area of Nebraska, but Jack's, Devin Jackson and Caden Helms, do you know, are they close at all? The they are. Okay. They, I mean, they, they are close. I, when, I, when I was talking to Devin, I actually asked him, like, you know, because this was before his official visit. I asked him about Caden Helms. Like, what did he say about Miami? And, uh, you know, he was saying that, like, you know, Caden loved Miami. Like, th- those two were talking about, you know, the possibility of playing. Like, Miami's a place where they could see them. Not saying not that they're a package or anything like that. But that, like, Miami is a school right. where they could both potentially see themselves playing together at. So uh, I know that there is like a line of communication there. I know that those two definitely talk and all that stuff. And so, you know, it doesn't hurt that both those guys are strongly considering it. And I don't think it hurts either that Devin had a really strong official visit too to Miami uh, when considering, you know, Caden Helms is also thinking about them as well. So, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt with those Nebraska guys that it seems to be a few of them in the cycle that are, that are considering Miami. Striker, who'd you project there? At Striker, I, I went with Nick Cole. Um, just because, again, a guy that's making a, a, a decision on July 12th, I guess he could be a striker or safety. Um, you know, I could potentially see him playing striker. Uh, I think Miami, you know, could see him playing striker um, if he, again, if he were to choose Miami on July 12th. Um, so th- that's who I went with there. I could see that board sort. I could see them still kind of going after like a big, big time guy like maybe right. like a Kamari Wilson type who they think could probably be really successful at that, at that striker position. Um, but as Earl, of right now, maybe yeah, Earl Little. yeah, Earl Little, you know, a guy, again, he just worked out for Miami. So we'll kind of see what happens there. I feel like, again, Miami's kind of has a work cut out for them there, but uh, you know, Nick Cole's the guy that I rolled with in my mock. And did you say he's, he's planning to make his commitment on July 12th, right? Yeah. Okay. So corner, um, tell us who you had there. Yeah, so corner, I had Kamari Rogers, who's already committed. I had Chris Graves uh, out of Fort Myers Bishop Verreau. I had Jakari Henderson, and I had uh, Traquan Feagans, who is probably the biggest name outside of Kamari Rogers on, on like, 
you know, the cornerback board right now in ter- again, in terms of just like the realistic guys. So, um, you know, I, I feel good about each one of those. And I, I think Traquan Fegans is probably the one that caught most people off guard. You know, I've been, I've been putting it on the board. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like Trae, that Miami is in a better position for Traquan Fegans. And again, some might may realize, uh, okay. again, I, I do think if Alabama and Nick Saban do decide that, you know, we want him, we're going to go full throttle. I do think Alabama would probably land him, but you know, they Alabama has brought in Domani Jackson, the five-star USC commit on an official visit, Denver Harris, who's a five-star out of, I think Denver North shore. Um, you know, they are, they're they bringing it to Earl little is another guy who's officially visited. Uh, they're bringing in a ton of like really highly touted corners in terms of just like five-star talent. You know, Nick Saban draws in better corners basically than any coach in the country. So, you know, I think if, Miami, if uh, Alabama were able to land one or two of those guys, I think that would kind of leave no room for Traquan. And I think, you know, Alabama's maybe keeping him like, like warm right now and just kind of like making sure they still kind of are in a good spot and all that stuff. But I think if, I, let's say they were to land maybe some of the guys they have higher, I think Miami would be the team to be like. I think Miami's like a very firm, like number two behind Alabama right now. And it's even hard okay. to say that they would be a number two. Like I think Miami has done the best job of recruiting him to date okay. right now. So I think that that would, I think they're in a pretty good spot. Let me ask you this. Cause the only thing I would push back on and, and I like the Fegans pick, right? The only thing I'm curious for your take on, do you see four corners in this class? Because let's say Miami does land at Trequan Fegans. Do you think the Henderson twins, like, they would need to take the Henderson twins then, I guess, is, is my question. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think in this, like, my, I think the, oh, the only way that this sort of works is if all three of those other guys are in the boat before Traquan Fegans is. I right. think Traquan Fegans would have to be the fourth guy, you know, like, he, right. like Miami would already have to have the commitment of Kamari Rogers, uh, uh, Chris Graves, which could potentially coming, you know, here in a few days. Jakari Henderson, you know, I think if he wants in, he's going to have to make that decision shortly after like i don't know how much uh, like again if he wants to play at miami i don't know how much how long that they could wait with already two guys on board and all that stuff so um you know i think if traquan fegans let's say in september or october decides you know what like miami's the school for me and miami has jakari henderson chris graves and kamari rogers committed they're not going to tell traquan fegans no so in this in in, like with my like my logic going into that was uh, was basically that situation fully playing out like right, you know right. just like on paper makes sense so your your safety i kind of spoiled it here but the other henderson twin um tell us i guess did you like uh so damari henderson's your only safety right uh but but it's worth noting they're in the mix with guys like kamari wilson the five-star out of img academy who a lot of people feel like is a georgia lean right now but kamari certainly has miami interest Markeith Williams, the four-star out of Orlando Evans, um, is another guy Miami's in the mix with. I'm not sure what to make of that recruitment yet. Um, do you what what kind of vibes do you get on Markeith? Yeah, uh, same sort of deal, David. I'm not really 100% sure what to make of that. Uh, I think he went to Nebraska and Ohio State on official visits. Uh, came to Miami on on June 1st. Never really made it back for his official visit. I think he was gonna take like that midweek or like right. on like the Sunday to Tuesday, like the Henderson twins, but like his mom couldn't make it or something like that. So he just never got down here. 
Um, you know, I, I, I do think Miami is very much in the picture there. And again, with Ishmael Aristide, I know we've said in the past, like there's super tight relationships there. You know, Aristide is an Orlando Evans graduate. Uh, you know, he knows a lot of the people over there. So I know that there's a, a trust factor there in terms of Markeith Williams's camp and Ishmael Aristide. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of my vibe on, on that recruitment. I feel like that's still, I feel like that, that's still one that has a couple, a couple more, like, I guess, twists and turns left in it. And Earl Little Jr., you know, I think it's worth mentioning him, right? Like, it does seem like Miami has to win the parents over. Um, but I think Earl, you know, is interested in Miami. There is an interest level there. Uh, and, and he worked out at Paradise Camp, which I think is notable. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that Miami's going to keep recruiting. Fair? Yeah, you know, Miami's going to go after him. You know, I, I do think there's legitimate interest on his end, David. But like you said, uh, I do think Miami is going to have to keep working on mom and dad uh, for whatever reason. You know, Earl Little Sr. is a Miami alum. So to say that is, uh, you know, it, it, it maybe just confuses some people, potentially right. rubs others the wrong way. But I just think that's the reality of the situation. And Miami just needs to continue, you know, making, you know, just having conversations, kind of keeping that open dialogue. But, you know, I talked to Earl, like, you know, after he finished working out of Paradise, and he says, like, everything between me and Miami is all good. Like, he's a big fan of, of DeMarcus Van Dyke, a big fan of T-Rob and all that stuff. So, you know, I do think that there's legit interest from Earl Jr.'s end. But, um, you know, it, it's recruiting, and, you know, these are there are real relationships going on here. It's not just, you know, local guy chooses Miami. There's a lot of just ins and outs of, of these sorts of situations. So, you know, Miami just needs to keep working through those. So – Let's just do a big picture recap of your class, your mock class. When you look at it as a whole, let's just say position group wise, when you look at it, you're like, man, I really like the way this specific position group looks. Which one would you highlight most? Yeah, I would feel honestly, I just about the, I, I just look at the secondary. Uh, I think the secondary would be really good. Um, just again, two top hundred talents in Kamari Rogers and Traquan Fegans, a four star that I think is still trending up. Chris Graves. I'm, you know, I know we know, I mean, I feel like everyone knows at this point, like, well, people that listen, uh, we're, we're really high on the Henderson twins. Again, they're yeah. not going to blow you away with their star rating, but I mean, freak athletes. I mean, you go on the, like right. go on their Instagrams and just watch upside. their like dunks and their, um, yeah, their upside is ridiculous. And then Nick Cole is just a guy that has really good, just has really good tape, honestly. Like, I just think he's a really, right. really strong guy to add to the class if that were to be the case. So I would be a big, big fan of how this secondary sort of wrapped up. Yeah, and to build on that, just in general, I think you would agree that the whole defense, the yeah, defensive definitely. side would definitely. be a strong, strong uh, class there. Um, yeah, and I guess the big question mark, honestly, would be tight end, right? So yeah. we'll see how that how that shakes out. There's still plenty of time there for them to get work done there. Um, so yeah, let's wrap this up. Appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, hopefully everyone's having a good holiday and uh, we'll see what type of good news the Miami Hurricanes football program potentially gets on July 4th. Again, be safe out there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll try and record July 5th uh, Hurricanes slash tropical storm elsa weather permitting um, so if everything's good to go there we will we will record our next podcast on july 5th and hopefully recap a commitment or two so thanks guys for listening happily happy july 4th weekend take care everyone <laughs>